Good. All right, cool. Hey, we're going to have some open conversation. I'm laid back. I've never been the PowerPoint person in my life, and so I said I'm not going to start it now. I just like to have, <laughs> I just like to have real, authentic conversation um, because here's, here's why I truly believe in youth ministry. I, I have been... Um, um, you know, at been blessed to have a lot of different experiences with church. Um, I've been at the inner city church where it's like you have you have like no money, so you become real creative on a lot of different levels. Um, I, you know, I've been at the medium sized church. I've you know just being a youth leader, and I've been at you know bigger churches. You know, last church I was at, it was eight campuses, and um, you know, our church we had our own youth center. So I, I I I understand youth ministry looks different on a lot of different levels. So here here's my heart. Um, for this session, I don't want you to feel like I'm coming at you and saying, this is how youth ministry looks, and this is how you need to do it. If you're not doing a small group, you're failing your kids. <laughs> no. Because it's like, you know, wherever you're from, here's the, here's the things I'll say. We're going to talk about some big picture things, but ultimately, at the end of this session, here's what I want you to know, everyone in this room to know, and I mean this with every fiber of my being. I just want to be a friend, and I want to help you do what you feel God is calling to do in your city, whatever that looks like. If you know, if we could solve all the youth ministry problems in this room in an hour, wouldn't that be fantastic, right? You know, like that was the best session ever. Nate is the man, right? That, that's you know, that's not the reality of stuff. Sometimes it just takes conversation. It takes, hey, that didn't work. Do you have something else? Or hey, can you help me navigate this? Because we're all at, at at different levels. I mean, you know, like I said. There's lots of different churches and lots of different things represented here. I mean, I've been at church. It was just like hood kids. I mean, you're just trying to keep these kids under control. You're just like, you know, they're cussing at you. You're like, hey, not in church. Stop, okay? Like, and it's, it's like you are starting from like ground zero with these kids. You know what I mean? And they're like, but they're respectful. Like, oh, my bad. I didn't know you couldn't say that in church. Like, okay, well, now don't say those words in church. And then, you know, then you got other kids uh, where it's like, you know, they're, they're so, you know, uh, just... In the bubble of church, it's like, hey, there's people outside of the church who need to like hear the gospel message and, and you know, all those different things. And it's, it's fun, but that's youth ministry. So here's the things um, that I want to say as we talk about youth ministry. You know, at the end of this, I want to help you do so, whatever you need to do in your city and be a resource to you. So if it's like, hey, can you come, Nate, can we just talk, can we have a phone conversation, can we have some... Uh, can you help me put something on, whether it's an event, whether it's, hey, I'm having trouble putting sermons together. Hey, how do you do this? I'm not saying how I do it's the right way. I'm just saying it's a way. And if there's someone else I know that really fits where you're at, I'm going to connect you guys. That's the kingdom of God. That's the, the strength of us being together. When I was youth pastoring, first starting out, like, my goodness, like, the grace of God was just upon me. Because I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know. You know, it's just like, you're just like praying God, like, Lord, don't let the wheels fall off this thing. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes, like, if you're just honest, that's where you're at sometimes in youth, man. And it's okay, because, you know, God's going to honor your heart in it. You know, you're, everyone's doing the best that they can. Um, so, here's what I'll say when it comes to youth ministry. Um, the, the one thing you have to memorize, or realize is that culture. Where you're at and, and culture, it plays a huge part of how you do youth ministry. There's two types of culture. There's culture within your church, and there's culture outside of your church. Where I was from, we were, we're, our church was like out in the middle of nowhere, the last church I was at. And I, we said, like, we were halfway between the hood and the wood. If you went this way, it was, like, all city. It was just, you know, inner city schools, the not favorable part of town, right? And we, all of our cities have that. I'm not saying it's unique to where I was at. That's just what it was. And you went this way, it was, like, the 4-H club and tractors and horses and, and that type of thing. And then our church was in the middle. So, like, you had these kids coming together. And, you know, you have, like, the, this culture in that. And we, we navigated that and, and walked through that. Um, so even in your where you're at, realize what the, what's the culture of your city. When I was first in youth ministry, I, I would always try to like see a model and then try to apply it to our church. And it's like, well, I want to make it look like this. And man, when I was in youth ministry, this really worked. And it's like, you know what? If that's not the culture of your city, that's just not the culture of your city. There's a reason there's not a Rodeo Drive in, Cle- you know, in, in Youngstown, Ohio, where I was from. Because no one's buying shirts for $800, right? You know, that's, that's not the culture. But that works in California, right? And so wherever you're at, realize the culture. Who are you reaching out to? Who's the demographic around you? Um, but then also with that, what's the, what's the culture of your church? There are some churches where they are just, man, they are community-oriented. Um, you know, that is their heart. That is their what they live for you know are you lining up with that um other churches they're saying hey you know art we really want to see you know uh really healthy you know small groups or you know healthy inside the church relationships then 
hey, you need to fit into that that realm. So think about the cultures of you know your your city. Because I've sat in youth sessions where you know you have the the speaker up front talking, saying this is how you need to do it, and the whole time in my mind I'm like, those kids would just eat me alive if I did that, <laughs> right? And you're like, that would not work where I'm from, or that man that could work where I'm from. And so I want you to think about just the culture that you that you have um, at your at your church. And so. Sorry, I'm just going to pull my notes up here. Um, um, so, w- with that being said, um, here's what I want to focus on when I talk about youth ministry. The two things that I feel are very pivotal to your youth ministry, and you know, some, like I said, some can agree or disagree, but I really feel like these are two um, substantial things you really need to think about in youth ministry. And then we're going to talk about some practical things of how this all looks, okay? But the first two things, I really, and this may be a challenge for some, and obviously there could be some healthy discussion. We're going to have a time for Q&A at the end and love to field the questions. But I think the two things when it comes to youth ministry, I think the two things that are just so pivotal, and it's just who I am, I think are relationships and the presence of God. And you say Oh, Nate, that's so deep. I never heard those things before. <laughs> and here's why I say it. As youth pastors, especially if you've grown up in the church, sometimes you have to fight the familiar. Oh, well, that's boring. Like, I don't want to do that. But it's effective. You know, we want to do the exciting things. But here, here's the bottom line. We're, you know, most of us in this room are, you know, a, you know lead pa- or senior, uh, youth pastors or, you know, we're youth leaders. And when you hear people share testimony who are, you know, past the high school years, how many times have you heard someone say, man, I just had someone who believed in me and really mentored me when I was young. Like, I was just a train wreck. But someone just really just took me in and loved on me. Right? Man, someone just kept speaking. Like, they picked me up for church every Wednesday. I hated going, but man, they picked me up and they were faithful. You hear that a lot. And the second thing you often hear a lot is, Man, I had an encounter with God that it, it forever changed my life. I was at a camp. I was at a youth service. Someone had a word over me. It's powerful. I think those are so important. And I think, and I'd encourage you, we're going to move on, but I'd encourage you to think about how effectively are we doing those things. We talk about the presence of God and relationships. When we talk about relationships, I'm talking about just even how I kind of facilitated those things. Because I, I don't want them to sound so pie in the sky and just like, yes, the presence of God. Like, okay, that's very mystical, Nate, and very inspirational and exciting, having the presence of God at services or building relationships. I shared it in the last uh, session I was in, but as a youth pastor, it's so crucial that you build relationship with the students, true relationships. When I talk about relationships, I'm not talking about the, they show up to youth service like, hey, man, what's up? So good to see you. Cool, man. I love your shirt. Okay, I'll see you. Bye. You know? <laughs> And it's like, you know, that's more of like a, like a contact. Like, hey, you're letting someone know, hey, man, you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. And that's important. But for me, outside of church, outside of your Wednesday night or Sunday night youth service, that's where you really want to make the opportunity to connect with people. I mean, I, I would ask kids just to, to, to hang out. And, and like, you know, and you can't get every kid, right? Okay, yeah, I know it's not realistic, but... When you get certain kids, or God puts a certain kid on your heart, reach out to that kid. I mean, I would call kids, hey, i, I got to run to Walmart and pick up stuff for the church. You want to come? Uh, okay. Cool. All right, I'll be there in five minutes. And it's like, that's not fun. But the kids remember it. And, and like, you're a youth pastor. Something crazy is going to happen. <laughs> it happens. Or I say, hey, I'm going to, you know, in the common stuff, show up at their games. Show up at their events. Like, just, just be there. And it's the, like I said, it's the common stuff. Don't feel like you have to create this, this moment with kids. But just be practical. Be real. Be genuine. Like I said, if you're running a chip or running an errand, or, you know, there's times where I was working at the church doing stuff, I'm like, hey, I got to clean out the uh, volleyball pit at the church. Want to come help me? Like, mm, I'm like, I'll get you lunch. Like, okay. You know? But, but do that kind of stuff. Be, be relational in that aspect. Because you'll be amazed at the conversation that could happen when you're cleaning out a church building. You'll be amazed at the conversation that can happen when you're just walking through Walmart. And I really mean that. You, you know, on, on a Wednesday night, it's hard sometimes to have those deep conversations with kids when you're doing a million and one things, right? On a youth night, 
that's the night where you know your kids are coming in, you're you're loving on them, but you don't get to have like that deeper level of connection. You're preaching the word of God, and they get to see you, get to hug on them, and sometimes you have those moments at the altar. But outside of that, be intentional. Shoot kids text. I mean, we live in the technology age. I mean, put something in your phone. The thought that a kid thinks, man, my pastor's thinking about me. It means the world to them. And I, listen, I'm not, I, I know it seems so minute, but don't minimize it. Don't fight the familiar. Because you feel like, oh, well, that's not, that's not really going to change anything. I'm telling you, there have been times and we, you know, where your senior pastor says, Hey, Nate, we're, uh, we're doing, a, doing a clean-up at the church at the parking lot. You know, why don't you get some of those youth kids to come do it, right? How many times have you heard that conversation from your senior pastor? Just get some youth kids to help you. You're like, all right, cool, I got it. And, like, I mean, one time we were out doing yard work, or, like, no joke, it's Ohio. We, we had, like, our church spring cleaning day, and it was literally, like, it snowed. And it was, like, you know, when it was, like, the weather was terrible, it was, like, 9 degrees outside. And my kids were all outside, like, cleaning. I'm like, oh, my gosh, these kids are committed. But I say that to say, the reason they came out, and I asked them, was not because, like, man, I would just love to work in nine degree weather right now with you, Pastor Nate. That sounds wonderful and marvelous, frostbitten fingers. But there was such relationship there that said, man, that's Nate asking me. Right? I'm, I'm not foolish enough to think that when I preached on Wednesday nights, that all the time, that kids came back because they said, Nate, you are just so articulate with the Word of God. I was hanging on every word you were saying. Your revelation. I would like to think that. (laughs) But that's probably not the reality. The reality is, man, I like coming because I get to see Nate. And Nate's going to speak life into me. He's going to ask me how I'm doing. He's going to say, hey, how'd that class go? How'd that break up with your girlfriend go? How'd that break up with your boyfriend go? Good, he was a buster. I'm glad you got rid of him. You know, it like all those kind of things, priceless. The relationship is so huge. You know, you can have all the amazing things. You can give away five iPads in a service. But when it's over, kids are just going to walk out and go back home and not think about it. But when you have a relationship, you can say, man, Nate's on it again. He just... He just really cares. And the second thing I'll say is the presence of God. This one's very near to my heart. As youth pastors, um, it's a very fine line that we walk. It, it's hard. Where I'm, like, I'm old school, so I'm like, you just give me the worship and the word. I don't need the fluff. Worship, word, I'm good. That's not teenagers, right? You've got to have different things. And there could be many different thoughts where some people say, you don't, that, you don't need the flash. You don't need the lights. You don't need this. You know, you just need to get in the Word of God, and that is more than enough. And you know, and you have other people say, no, you need that. You need the hook that could pull them in, and all those kind of things. Listen, I think more than anything, there needs to be a, there needs to be a part of us that says, you know, we are introducing kids to um, going after God and chasing Him. So when I say the presence of God, I'm saying giving opportunity for kids to experience God. Don't wait for that special conference to say, hey, you're going to experience God in a different way. You don't need to come to Reach Conference to experience God. Right? There's nothing special about coming to Columbus at the date or the, the convention center, the Columbus Convention Center. I mean, let, let's think about this. We're not saying, hey, the presence of God is only in this area. You should come. Or, hey, you only get baptized in the Holy Spirit at camp. No. You can introduce that to your kids in your church. Now, let me have a Salem moment here. I understand when I talk about this, there's a lot of different dynamics that go into this. Some people say, you know, we, we don't have anyone leading us in worship. We have like a CD worship working. Or we have this worship leader that's doing songs, you know, from, you know, Brownville Revival. And, you know, it's, or it's, whatever that might be. I'm not, I'm not locking Lindell. I've got much love for Lindell. Uh, you know, whatever it might be, you might say, you know, yeah, we just can't get to that place. Um, listen. As youth pastors, we got to develop the spiritual sense and the faith in our in our teens. Because if we just come with these, you know, minute sermons and these just motivational speeches, it's nothing more than that. The, the Holy Spirit is what brings the change, right? If I'm just saying this is a, these are good inspirational thoughts, what can we really expect to happen? 
So I would be intentional. You know, if you have a worship team and you're like, man, you know, we do well, talk with your worship team. Hey, tonight, we're going we're gonna to extend worship just a little bit longer tonight. We're going to be intentional about it. Because even for us, we made a change where we didn't do four worship songs. We did we do like two or three. Not to shorten worship, but, you know, I would say, like, you know, if it was a club, like, this would be their jam. Like, you ever, like, youth groups that have that one song that's, like, their jam? Like, you know, if it's, like, you know, uh, gosh, what's the one? Uh, Hillsong, gosh, get here, the walk on water. Ocean, thank you, my goodness. I'm like, you know, it's like, it's like Ocean. Everyone's, like, sitting there. Ocean comes up, like. <laughs> I mean, like, I had to start, like, where was this about, like, <laughs> three songs ago? You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, it's like, that's my jam. It's, and so, you like, in those moments, like, you know, we know the songs move, move kids. Like we said, we're going to stay in the song for a moment and begin to walk this out on a spiritual level. And, and I'll be honest, full transparency, like, I did not succeed in that all the time, okay? Like, I'd be up there leading, right? It's a very sensitive thing to do where sometimes it's like, okay, is this one of those, like, push through and we're going to hit breakthrough? Or am I going to push through and everyone's going to hate me? Um, <laughs> you know, where it's like, okay, Nate, worship's over. Let the song go. Okay, we get it. Um, but you have, you have to fill that with the students. Like, you know, challenge them in that. Um, you know, maybe you do like a night of prayer, right? Maybe only two kids show up. But you're developing this intentionality of saying, listen, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, that's what brings the change. We can have the best preachers come, but if the Holy Spirit's not there... The Holy Spirit is the one that brings the conviction. The Holy Spirit is the one that moves on people's hearts. That's what it's about. That's why we're different than the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club. Because we are saying, listen, there is a spiritual element to what we're bringing to you in our services. And it's, like I said, it's a hard line to walk. I get it. You know, we don't want, kids want to have fun when they come to youth group. They, they don't want to say, hey, you know, what, what was going on when uh, you came to youth group? Well, uh, the pastor talked about uh, the Torah in the Old Testament. And like, and like, that sounds, you know, <laughs> you know, you don't even want your kids going to, you know, you know saying, um, you know, going to school saying, hey, why don't you come to church tonight? Like, oh, hey, what's your pastor speaking on? Oh, he's speaking on the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God. Like, what? What are the You know, you, you, you want to have those elements that like, it's appealing to have kids come in and be a part of things. And you want that. And so I'm going to talk about how you kind of find that balance a little bit more. So that was kind of my, my, my overall um, um, uh, stance on youth ministry. So I hope you hear my heart on that. You guys good with that? Everyone hear my heart? Okay, good. Here's what I want to say about the practical side of youth ministry. When kids are coming to your youth ministry, this is a hard thing that I am currently walking into and learning. When I first started youth ministry, I was the ripe tender age of 19 years old. I was single. I was, I was cool. I was hip. And I was up on things. Now I am going to be 32, and I am a father of two, and I watch Daniel Tiger more times than I'd like to admit. And so... And so I am out of touch on certain things, and that's that's okay. Um, but here's what I want to want to share with you in that is that as you reach out to um, teenagers, no matter you know what age you might be, be a student of their life. There's times where I think something's a great idea, but it's coming from a 32 year old mind. Right? I could think something is cool and hip and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But if kids are like, no, that's not in. I'm like, okay, well, you hurt my feelings. You could have <laughs> sent in an email or something. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Um, it's like, as you get older, no matter how young you think you think, it's still old. <laughs> that's just the truth, right? Um, and so... When you think about your youth ministry, here's the question to ask yourself. What do you want a student to experience when they come? What do you want them to experience? What you have to look at as a total experience when someone comes to your youth service. You know, Ryan Leak, I think, if you were here for the morning session, I think he did a phenomenal job. Um, with the morning session. If you didn't get it, I think it's going to be available on, online. Um, listen to it. I'm not just saying that to say it. Listen to it. Because um, he talked about just having the culture of honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you need to be able to have that um, within your leadership as you talk about what do you want students to experience when they come. Because what, what you want them to experience and what they're currently, currently experience are two different things. You need fresh eyes. If someone's new to your youth ministry, what are they going to experience from the moment they walk in? Uh, you know, I'm going to share just a mixture of stories and we're kind of going to walk through um, what maybe a typical youth service is. And I know it'll look different for different people, but uh, we can have questions and uh, some great dialogue here. But um, I remember, this was not too long ago for I took this position. I was in our youth center. I was in our cafe. We have a beautiful um, youth center. And so I'm just cleaning the cafe and just making sure we're good for service. And I look up at one of our, um, we had like a lobby. So we had TVs up in the lobby. This building's about 10 years old. And uh, I look up and I realize, I'm like, that's a box television. We had like the like actual like box televisions hanging up. And I thought, you can't even buy that in a store. You can't. Like you eat like they're all flat screens. And I and, and, and I share it's it's a funny practical story, but I, that never crossed my mind. Not at all. I'm like it's a t- like total dad status. My like, it's a TV and it works. <laughs> Be happy. <laughs> you know? So oh, you won't watch nothing, you know. But <laughs> But I thought, if we're saying this is a youth center and we're reaching teens, we need to change that TV. Now hear me out. This isn't about having the money to change a TV or to make that call. Because I'm going to tell you about myself. Every part of me did not want to buy new TVs to hang up there. Because I thought, man, that's, that's kids going to camp. Or that's kids doing this. But it was necessary. Because what is the student who comes in going to experience? Do we have people greeting them at the door? Do we have people saying, you know, we, we made changes. We say, you know, we need to have, if someone's new, we need to have someone who takes them around and, and shows them the building. It was a big, you know, bigger youth center. So we'd say, hey, just take them around, show them the building, but then you can let them go. You don't have to be like their buddy attached to their side. But make someone feel comfortable. Sometimes church could feel so, you know, stuffy. And, 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 and listen, I, Every youth ministry has their challenges. You know, if you have a smaller youth group, it's like, oh well, it's, you know, it's kind of small. There's not much excitement or this or that. You know, the last place I was at, the problem that we had was just there. there you know, it was, it was a youth center and kids were running around. It was like craziness. Like it's like a new kid's walking in. You got kids running like, ah! like running around and like the kids like wide eyed like. I, I'm cool. I don't want to. I'm good. You know, uh, and so we had to fight that stereotype. Listen, I'm being honest. Like, you know, you're gonna have different troubles at different levels. And so, you know, we'd have parents say, "Ah, oh, my kids just, you know, it's really hard for them to feel connected and to feel like a, you know, it's just, it's, it's loud. It's overwhelming. It's, you know, a, you know, stimulation to overload type of thing." We say, "Okay, cool. We need to talk about this. What is a new person who's never been here from before?" What are they seeing? What are they hearing? And I, I'm not trying to be like just minute and, and, and pick apart things, but you need to think this way. Because you don't get to have the conversation like, hey, well, you know, we don't have newer TVs because we want you to go to camp. That's what the money's going to go to or this or that. No, no, you, you, you fix those small things. But, you know, when someone comes, what's, you know, what's on your, your um, welcome card? You know, if you don't have welcome cards, get welcome cards. You need the information for the kids. I mean, this is a great day to be a youth pastor. I mean, what's Facebook and Twitter and Instagram? I mean, you can see what these kids are into. I mean, you can see what's happening. Listen, there is no shame in Facebook trolling, okay? None. <laughs> Hop on there. See, what they, see what's happening. See what's going on. I mean, on your card, what information are you getting from people? You, you know, you probably don't need a, a, a student's email address, you know? I, I'm not saying, you know, it's good or bad, but you want to get the important stuff. Social media, at least their address. Um, you want to be intentional. So it's like they come, they fill out the card, you get the information. You want to have a point of contact. We would, we would give gifts to people who would come back the second time. We'd send them a letter. You know, if they came, they'd fill out the card, they'd come, someone meet them, show them around, say, hey, fill us out. We just want to bless you with a, a gift. So they would get a, a letter in the mail saying, hey, we're so glad it was a letter for me. I would have, you know, the standard, you know, Hey, you know, we are so glad you came to the riot and we are so happy for you. May God bless you and all stuff. But then I would just write a personal hand note and say, Hey, I'm glad I got the chance to meet you. Hope to see you, you know, next Wednesday. And I can't tell you, parents would come and say, That was so nice that you took the time to do that. I'm like, that's no problem. I'd pray over the cards and I'd sign them and then send them out. And so when they'd come back, they'd get a shirt. 
you know, and it was just something small, but we'd be intentional about that. We'd be intentional. So they would come and they'd sit in service. We made sure that we had the words on the screen. We made sure that um, we articulated things from the microphone. I, I like to call it pastoring the moment. Sometimes we like to think that things just happen, right? Hey, everyone, make sure you go get cake in this area. So we're, Wait, where's that area? I don't know where that's at. You have to remember, don't always just cater to the people there or assume people know. As the leader, you want to make sure that all the sheep are following at the same time. And so, you know, in our service, and services could look so different, but I'll say this about our services. Youth pastors, I know it's hard to plan services. Sometimes you're like, yo, you're lucky I make it there on time, okay? <laughs> plan your service. I, I'm not, there's so many pastors I know that's like, I got my whole year planned. I'm like, what? I could never. Like, like I don't even know. Like, I, could, I don't think I could plan anything for like a whole year. You know what I mean? Like, what's happening? But some people would be like that. But I would at least give you this information on your services. Do at least a quarter. So three months. What are you communicating to students in three months of services? We would mix things up. I talked about the presence of God. There were some services we focused on the presence of God. And we said, this is our intention. I'm going to you know, worship go a little bit longer. I'm going to preach a more you know, specific message. And we're going to have a time just for a time at the altar. I can tell you we, we'd have times at the altar and service be over. And I'd tell uh, you know, kids, say, hey, if you've got to go, go. Be blessed. No one's going to condemn you if you leave before we say amen and we have this corporate prayer. Leave. But if you want to stay and worship, worship. No problem. And people responded, respected it. We didn't you know, lock the doors and say, we are going to experience the presence of God and no one leaves. You know, everyone is speaking in tongues by the end of tonight. Like, ah! you know? It wasn't like this WWF, you know, death match type of, type of thing. But we created room for their things that, you know, to, to breathe in our services. Then there was times where, you know, it, it's, it's a struggle with youth pastors. We want to include kids in services, right? It's, you know, we want to have a, a student-led worship team. And it's like, oh, man... How do we do it? Like the person's just, you know, just not quite there yet. We would do a service, but we gave it all to the youth. We said, hey, at the end of this month, the youth are leading. So-and-so's preaching. So-and-so's doing worship. So-and-so is, is you know, transitioning service. And I had the opportunity to help kids do this service. I would, hey, give me your sermon notes. I'm going to walk with them through you, okay? Yeah, I'd maybe change this. Or what did you mean by this point? Or, hey, let me clarify. You know, hey, what's the worship songs that you're doing? Hey, did... Maybe you should do songs that maybe have a little more of a theme to them and helping them grow in their gift. But when we come together, kids felt like they had ownership. Like, it was amazing. Kids feel like, man, I'm praying over the mic and I'm leading this service. Or I'm preaching the Word of God. I mean, there were some kids, I mean, they took it to heart. It's like, every time, every other time I saw my youth, they're like smiling, laughing, joking. The day they're preaching, like, I'm ready, Pastor Nate. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you got the game face on. Bring this word. And so I, I would help them. Help. So, we, you know, we would do different things. There were some nights we just had a fun night. It's okay to have fun in church. It's okay to say, hey, hey guys, you know, we've been having a lot of fun with the Lord and, and, and um, hanging out. But tonight's going to be about relationship. No, no worship, no preaching. Just relationship, having fun, talking with people. Nothing wrong with that. So in your services, you, as you plan a quarter, think about intentionally what you want to do. Some, if, you're not, if you're not careful, you can go through six months and feel like, man, I don't know if there was a theme to my sermon series. I don't know like what kids really took away after this month. You have to be intentional. You have to think about it. Are kids feeling engaged? Are kids feeling disconnected? Um, those are the types of things you need to think about with your services. Because when it comes to the creative element, listen, you can only be as creative as what you have available to you. There are some churches where they say, man, we have an amazing worship leader. And there's other people like, I would die to have an amazing worship leader. There's other churches, hey, we have a young guy who does all of our graphics in our church. And there's someone else saying like, oh my gosh, I'm still using clip art, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is very real, okay. Uh, but wherever you are, I mean, find your, 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 your sweet spot with that. You know, with your services. Don't, don't, if, if, you don't, if you don't have a great worship leader leading, I mean, you know, musically, don't build your service around a worship night then. Just saying. But maybe, you know, you have people that are passionate about prayer. Focus in on that. 
you know, have a night to you know, focus that. So when you look at your service, think about those creative things. Um, and I have just you know, a ton of ideas you know, with things that you can do with that. But, um, but yeah, don't be afraid just to focus in on one thing. I, I think sometimes we, we want to make so much happen on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night. We're like, well, I want to feel connectional. And we're going to do small groups. And we're going to have the presence of God move. And we're going to have fun. And it's like, hey, you only got an hour and a half or an hour in some cases. Like you're putting a lot of weight on this night. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, there's nothing sinful if you have a Super Bowl party and you don't present the, you know, present the gospel at halftime. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying it's okay if you don't. You just watch a football game, you know? It's like, it'd be like if you're at someone's house and like, hey, you want to come watch the game with me? Like, for sure. That halftime, like, hey, let me tell you about Amway. Have you heard about, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, I thought we were just watching the game. It's like, that's, I don't want to hear about your pyramid scheme, okay? Uh, I'm not going to come back. Um, you, you, you want to have kids feel like they know what they're getting when they come in and what they experience when they come to your youth ministry. And so um, plan a quarter at a time. Uh, I think it's really beneficial. Um, so with your services, you kind of know what's happening. Leaders, um, I'll say this with your services as well. You can't expect what you don't inspect. It's tough. Oh, it is so tough to raise up people in youth ministry. And it's even tougher when they say, I don't feel called to youth. You're like, oh my God, I invested so much time. Don't leave me. You know? <laughs> but it's important that you raise people up and that if you're expecting certain things to happen in your service, they're not just going to happen. You need to walk up to someone and say, hey, you know what? Um, typically when we have new, new guests um, or you know, first time uh, believers come up to the altar, I want to see you grab those kids and lead them in a gospel message you know, and, and help them and disciple them. Give them a Bible. Like that has to come from you. You're, you're the leader. You can't expect people just to get it who you're leading. So, so, so you know, if there's something that you say, I wish this would change, you have to tell yourself, I can't expect what I don't inspect. So whether it's just multimedia things, whether it's worship stuff, um, talk with your team. You know, have honest conversation in leadership meetings. Um, you know, and, and your overall service and see how it can come up um, in, in different levels. The other thing I'll say about your services, talk to your student leaders. Like I said, no matter how young, as you get older, no matter how young you think you think, it's still old. Talk to your students. What would get your friends to come to, come to church? What would change their mind? What's some, something you'd want to change about your youth group? I mean, listen, you'll, you'll have the kids in your youth group. I mean, there was great kids in our youth group. I mean, we could have met in the janitor's closet at the church, and it would still be coming. And there was other kids where it's like, mm, you gave an iPod away. I was more hopeful for an iPad. It's like, okay, you know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we didn't meet your uh, standard. Um, but you want to find the balance. As a leader, you take all the information in, and you make the decision for where you want to see things go. Um, you know, I like to say I'm not a consensus leader. Uh, and that's not a good leader to be. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you happy? Are you happy with everything? I don't want you to leave me. You know, like, okay? That's, that's being this, um, you know, uh, consensus-like leader. But I'm a perspective leader. What's your perspective when you come? You're new. What's your perspective? You've come here for a long time. What's your perspective? You're a pastor's kid. Hmm. You know, you even put race in that. You know, hey... You know, you're, you're African-American. Hey, you're, you know, Caucasian. Hey, you're Hispanic. What's your perspective? Right? I mean, you can break that down in a lot of different ways. So ask people what the perspective is when they come into your, your youth ministry with your services. Because, you know, I had this revelation where, um, you know, I was talking to kids about going to Cedar Point, And, uh, you know, Cedar Point's just amazing, right? They're like, Pastor Nate, we don't want to go to Cedar Point. I'm like, What? See, like, and I go, like, like, I'm working for Cedar Point. I'm like, Cedar Point's amazing. Cedar Point has these roller coasters. Like, I'm like going on. And I left the conversation. I'm like, why am I pushing Cedar Point? Like, is, am I getting kicked back from Cedar Point? Like, why? Why? If, if that's not what kids are into, that's okay. What are you into? We just be had watching Netflix, you know, at your house. Okay. Sure. I don't know how that trumps your point, but fine. <laughs> Have those conversations. It'll be so beneficial for you. It'll save you time from scrolling the internet saying, we, you know, we want to be like this. We want to have, you know, this. I mean, for some small groups work in your service. For some, it doesn't. It's okay. We did small groups at the place I was at. It was awkward and painful. 
the whole time. I mean, you're saying, I mean, but it didn't work for us. But other groups, it works. For us, we sat there and it was like you try to have deep conversation, but it just wasn't happening. It was like, so, how's school going? Okay, all right, great, fantastic. Um, you know, we just weren't at that, that place. But that's okay. So be intentional about service. You know, take it all into perspective. Um, and then as far as, um, you know, how you, you know, spend your time after service, whether you hang out with students, whether you, um, you know, whatever you do. You know, some, like, kids are scooting out. We had some time for kids to hang out. Um, man, make that a time to connect with the new people that have come to youth group for the first time. Listen, I'm not ashamed to say I've tracked people down in the parking lot. I mean, I've, I mean, like, some are scooting out. I'm, like, talking to someone. You know, like, the church, like, stand where you're talking to someone and someone's standing right there. Like, you see, I'm like, oh, I'm like mm-hmm, yeah, okay, I gotta go. And, like, I, I would go and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know I noticed you were here and I hope you had a good time and, and I hope to, you know, see, see you back and, and that type of thing. I mean, kids won't have to feel important. They have to be a number one priority, but... You know, at the end of the service, make sure you're talking to people. Make sure you're connecting to people. Don't you know, run to your office or don't get so busy with you know, different things that you have to do at the church. And you know, It's like, oh, well, I've got to do this and do that and do that. Listen, it's like this. You get those kids for an hour and a half or an hour, however it works for you. Make that time count. There's going to be time to do other things. But you know, focus on the kids. Focus on the kids. And I, let me check time. I don't want to go too long here. Um, I want to talk about leadership as well. And then I want to open the floor for questions here. I know I've kind of been all over, but I just want to really share my heart on some things. And like I said, please know, at the end of the session, though, the nice thing about this, and I really mean this, I'm going to be up here. I'm not in a hurry. And we have the last session, but I'll be here after the last session. Talk to me. Let's exchange info. I promise you, I'm not... I'm not the type of person that's not, uh, un- you know, I'm not unapproachable. You're not going to try to email me, but I haven't heard from Nate in eight weeks. No, no, no. We're going to have real conversation and have, uh, you know, a good time, you know, talking. So, anyways, um, the last thing I'll say is about leadership that you have and taking, you know, you can't have the Superman complex, right, and feel like I'm going to do this all for the youth ministry. I'm going to be the one getting PowerPoint going. I'm going to be the one cleaning up the building. Like, raise up leaders. Raise up leaders. It's so important. If your youth pastor is saying, yeah, you know, we don't have... Anyone who wants to be a youth leader, let them be a youth leader within good godly context. You know, if they're not ready to be a leader, don't make them a leader. But if there is... You know, I, I would approach grandmas and grandpas. Parents. I got no shame. I say, hey, you're young. You know, young at heart. Why don't you help the youth? Oh, well, you don't want this old dinosaur around those kids. I say, I do. They don't need just the cool-looking, hip pastor. They need moms and dads. Uh, yeah, I don't be running around hitting a kid with a dodgeball. But then, there, yeah, I will. And then, <laughs> but there's going to be kids sitting at the cafe table needing someone to come put their arm around them and say, "Hey, what's going on?" Kids, teens, listen. They know phony. They know generic. Just be real and authentic. Like, if I don't, like, I'm not the pastor that's going to be like, if a group of kids are talking and they're, you know, dropping some new slang that I don't know, I'm like, yeah, man, how about that? That was pretty crazy, right? (laughs) Yeah, hoverboards. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be it. Like, you know, don't feel like you have to be that. Just be yourself. Be real. Be genuine and authentic. Kids will respect a lot, a lot more. And kids will respond when, you know, a parent, a mom, dad, even like a you know, grandparent just says, Hey, how you doing? Can I pray for you? You want those people around. Those are people you want. You don't, you, know, you don't always just need the, the single young college student. Sometimes you need the parent that says, Man, I don't say it to the student, but says, Man, my kid went through that same thing. I see my son over there. I see my daughter. I'm going to go love on that kid. I mean, we had people that just had a heart for the youth. I mean, we had just, I mean, you know, the, I forget who said it this morning, but, you know, the gray hairs. I mean, a dude, just a truck driver. White hair, just, you know, hillbilly, just, but he loved the kids. He would come up to me and say, hey, Nate, I just want to pay for some kids to go to camp. Don't tell nobody. 
I'm like, I'm glad I made him an adult leader. <laughs> so, be you, be genuine, be real. Don't be discouraged. Don't compare yourself to other youth ministries. Don't feel like, man, my youth group's only five kids and three of them are my own. Be faithful to those five. And you are. Obviously you want to be doing what you're doing. And if you have, you know, 500 kids in your youth group, too much is given, much is required. You have a great responsibility. But overall, my heart and my role in this is, I just want to be someone who comes alongside and helps for the long haul. Not because I think I have such great wisdom to impart, but just because I have a passion for teenagers and want to see everything that can happen to see them love the Lord and serve Him all their days. So that's kind of my heart. And so I just want to share that. But hey, before we close out this time, um, I just want to open the floor for any questions uh, that you may have. Uh, for me, it could be about anything. It could be something specific to you or just about me or how I've done something. So, yes. Yeah, you said how you contact the youth and have them go places with you and stuff. What's your take on being alone with them and like being in a car alone with them and um, are you ever afraid you'll get accused of something that, you know, yeah. can happen? No, absolutely. And that is a great question. And so let me clarify that. Obviously, I would, I would never ask, uh, you know, a female to, uh, you know, hey, you know, I would never do that. Um, that's not appropriate. As ministers, the one thing we have is our name. Um, and not to make it heavy, but it's just the day and age, day and age we live in. Um, all it takes for someone to say, hey, Nate tried this. Even if it's not true, my name is just through the mud. So you really have to protect yourself. So with the students, um, if I knew the parents, you know, the, the, listen, there's some that you know the parents and it's like, it's, it's good. You know what I mean? And that's, Obviously, a judgment call you have to make. No one can make that for you, because if you're saying, "Hey, I'm take this kid," like so, uh, there were some. There was, you know, the parents were at, you know, the parents attended the church. They they knew me. There's been a relationship, so that was good. But if it was like um, kids I didn't know as much, I would say, "Hey, why don't you help me at church before service? Come an hour early," and I would be intentional about that. If I didn't know the parents or I didn't know the student, I mean, I'll just be honest. You know, we had, you know, we have kids that were just, you know. Uh, you know, living in the inner city, their parents didn't care about them. I mean, where service would be done for an hour, and they're sitting there. Did you call your mom? Yeah, she ain't coming. All right, cool. I'll take you home. You know, and so you have those scenarios as well. So at the bottom line, you just you're you just have to really know that you know. And so um, if it was someone I didn't know, I would make sure it was a safe environment. You know what I mean, or you know that type of thing. So my wife would reach out to the young ladies, or I'd have a youth leader do that. But I would just take care of the young men. But great question, huh? Anyone else? Yeah. I want to back up what you said about not being afraid to ask people of any age to, to help out. The church I used to be at, our youth pastor did that. And um, when I grew up in my youth group, the last thing I wanted was my parents showing up. We yeah. wanted to be very age categorized. Yeah. So I wanted my leaders to be the full college age. I didn't want them to be 60. Right. Stay out of our room. <laughs> right. It's almost like when you're at home and your parents walk in. Right. Right. But uh, I just saw a huge change in Mm. one generation to another to where they don't care about labels anymore. Mm. And what they care about is love. And and I saw some of the most effective leaders be the ones in their 60s. One guy actually would stay after Sundays and give guitar lessons to about students. And and, um, he, he remembered one student always bring a pack of gum for her. And they don't throw it at her, and, and it was like different things like that mm. amazing guy. Uh, and still at that church, one of the most loved youth leaders is a woman who's on our, who was on, was on the board, and she's in her 60s. And wow. they love her. Why? Because she showed up and loved them. She didn't judge them for their clothes. Yes. She didn't judge them for their tattoos. She didn't judge them for the outward. Maybe that's one of the reasons we had a hard time growing up, because that was a big thing. In my generation, we got judged for the style of music we listened to, right. the way we did our hair. Oh, dear Lord, you gave your girlfriend a hug in the parking lot. You must be having sex on the <laughs> 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 serious. Right, right. Yeah. I'm with you, man. It was like, I, I told my daughters, I said, I, think I would rather be a teenager now mm-hmm. than when I was a teenager. Because at least knowing what I know now, because I feel so much less judgmentalism 
they still judge each other, but yeah. from from the older ones, I, and even some of the older ones care so much less about that anymore. Right. Um, but you get the right ones in that love on the students and serve the ministry because they love the Lord and they love kids. The students will want to stay at their side. And you never know. They don't have grandparents. They don't have parental figures. They're dying for that in their lives. And they're given that. You know, my wife and I, we were youth pastors 20 years ago. And now, 20 years later, after a 20-year break from being in youth ministry and doing a lot of other things, now we're leading a youth group again. I'm like, you can sing. <laughs> I feel too old for this, but I've raised to. Mm. So maybe i got a little help, a little bit of an insight there. And, but I still love them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. But I, I agree with you. Oh, thank you. Not, 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 not to be afraid to, to ask people to help no matter what their age is. Yeah, it's so true. Thank you. Oh. What do you do with the economy? Um, what is it for you? And what do you need of? Yes, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> you know, this could vary. Size of the church. All of, uh, what do you do if there's no budget for the youth? Um, there are, you know, fundraisers that you try to do with inside the church, right? If you have a smaller church or a church that just doesn't have those types of funds, um, it doesn't make sense to tap the people that are saying, we don't have that type of money. In my personal opinion, I feel like in this day and age of youth ministry, um, it's just it's just different. Um, when I was growing up in youth, you did car washes and you um, you, know, you had bake sales and things were taken care of, Right. Um, we're just not in that day and age. Um, I mean, we would do a car wash at our church, and and uh, people would even want their car washed. They would say, "Here's the money. I don't want rocks on my car." You know, like, okay. So, like, <laughs> all right. Um, but here's what I'll say. Here's one thing that we did um, that I think was beneficial. Um, we went outside the church um, and looked for actual um, uh, places where we could work for a certain amount. Uh, for for example, we went to our local um, county fair, and we said, "Can we work the parking for you the whole week, as like your parking crew?" And we did, and so they paid us as we were like a almost like a company, and they allowed us to do that. Now, granted, that was a lot of work. You're there all, all day in the sun, waving a flag with students. Like my arm hurts. Like oh my gosh, okay, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I'm dehydrated, not dehydrated, just go grab some water, you know, um, all types of things. But I think, uh, to answer your question, I, I think it's that intentionality of saying, okay, as a youth pastor, are there opportunities to make money outside of um, outside of the church? Yeah, you know, you do things like car washes and those things, if they're successful for you. But um, try, you know, there's some sporting teams, um, like, like local, not even like, you know, the Cavs or anything like that, but that offer, hey, if your team comes and works our event, you know, we can give uh, a portion back to you. There are you know, restaurants that have, hey, if people eat at Applebee's at this certain time um, and they present the flyer, 10% will go, of the bill will go back to your um, nonprofit, is what they would say. So, I'm sorry? Dine to donate. Oh, say dine to donate. Thank you. So, there's things like that, because I, I understand, and I'm, I know I'm throwing like, ideas out. But if you're in the church and the money's not there, it's just not, you know, it's just not there. Um, and so even with that, as you raise your money, um, you know, I think even connecting uh, with other youth pastors, you know, in your area or even myself, I can connect you with some different people or we can even just talk through even more specifically um, the budgetary side of things um, for the youth ministry. Um, because it is difficult to run a youth ministry when there's just no flexibility to say, Man, I'd love to have you go to camp, but man, we have like no money at all. Um, and we've done, I'll even say this, we've done things, a resource who's around you. Uh, sometimes someone has a gifting or talent that maybe can benefit the youth ministry. Totally, you know, random, but just someone I knew, they had their, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, like fireworks license. And I said, hey, why don't we do a fireworks show and like invite the community out? And so we made like this little carnival type thing. A um, lot of work, but it was one of those things we we stepped out and we were we were blessed by it. Um, so it's one of those things, you know. Be you know, be creative. Maybe someone, you know, um, yeah. So using resources around you, looking outside of the church. I, I think those are things that even helped us because the church I was at, um, we didn't have um, a budget that was given to us from 
the church. We had to raise our own funds. So the trade-off was, hey, you know, you have this building uh, to use, but you have to raise all your money. So if you need a new this or a new that, that has to come from you. And so we would do that. Um, one thing we did, um, you know, was a 52-65 club in our church where we asked members to give a dollar a week for the 52 weeks of the year or a dollar a day for the 365 days of the year. Um, you know, we did things like that. We've done... Um, uh, People call it different things, but essentially you have um, envelopes like, you know, 1 to um, 100 or 1 to 50, depending on the size of your church, and you just ask people to grab an envelope off of the wall. And so if it says 1 on it, you put a dollar in it. If it says 2, you put $2. If it's 50, you put $50 or 49 So we ask people to grab envelopes and just, you know, f- you know, fill those out. So there's different creative things like that that, you know, you can maybe do. So I know there's a lot of good, but I hope that was something there for you. Thank you. Any other questions? That's, yes? Can you name some things that your kids like to do, like some activities? What's some of their favorite things that you plan for them or they plan and you're like, okay. Yeah, um, man, the kids love the youth-led service. Um, they love when they felt like they could just have ownership of what's going on. Um, you definitely have to help them. Um, and you want to put kids in a strength zone. You don't want to embarrass kids. Or say, like, hey, you should sing. And it's like they're not really ready. You're not, not even quality-wise, but they're maybe more nervous. You don't want this to be a bad experience for your students. Where they're like, I went to go sing and I started crying on stage. It's like, you don't want that. Um, you know, so that's one thing they loved. Um, we did a prayer night. Um, it was a big stretch, but we made it fun. Um, we asked kids to lead certain prayer times. Like, what are you passionate about in prayer? You know, the homeless. Okay, run a prayer for the homeless. We'd pray. We'd do stuff. But then we had like pizza and food at the end and we just hung out and, and played. You know what I mean? Um, but the kids really uh, enjoyed that. Um, I'm trying to think of, like the unique things that we did that day. Don't have unique. Yeah. Uh, okay, we did. We just like a small retreat at our church. Just laid back, you know, down home. Just we're sleeping on the floor <laughs> at the church. Yeah, you know, lock-ins. I mean, lock-ins are from the devil, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, lock- man, lock-ins will age you like a year. I, I'm like. <laughs> My goodness, but uh, everyone will say amen, my goodness, so um, there's that, and I don't want to make a slate for the last, se- what time was the last session? 3.30. Oh, it's 3.30? Oh, it's 3.30 right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I was going to like, um, but, oh, wait, 3.40? Oh, it's 3.40? No, no, it's okay, 3.40, so we have some time, but listen, um, I, I don't want to hold you guys and keep you hostage with, you know, with, you know hey, do you have any more questions, but listen. Uh, I'm on social media, Nate Ortiz, um, but if you want my email address, it's just nortiz, N-O-R-T-I-Z, at ohioministry.net. So that's just nortiz, N as in Nate, O-R-T-I-Z, at ohioministry.net. Listen, please reach out to me. I would love to help in any way. I'll be up here if you want to chat or have any questions and you don't mind being late to the last session. But thank you guys. I hope this was good and information. You guys got some stuff from it. So thank you.